Hi, this is Ron Darling. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Welcome back to Mets Musings, and joining me this week is Mr. Sam Peoples. He is the host of a terrific Atlanta Braves podcast called Braves Dugout. Sam, uh, welcome to Mets Musings. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Big series coming up this weekend, Sam. Uh, it could be a good, uh, good thing or a bad thing for both teams, but, um, absolutely, you know, the uh, fascinating thing about the Braves this year is that really, um, usually, you know, Mets had a big lead and then it, it, it the, the Braves caught them sort of almost, um, but it's not like, you know, one team collapsed and the other one didn't, just that the Braves got ridiculously hot, one fourteen in a row, and the Mets cooled off a little bit. They were about 500 in that, and that re- that's really what made it a race. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not that one team was terrible during that time. It's not like the Mets collapsed or anything. It's just really the way that the, the schedules played out. I mean, yeah, the Braves had a – a somewhat weak schedule they did but to win 14 in a row is a feat in itself regardless of who you're playing I mean it's still major league baseball but um yeah it's it was amazing to watch and man did they need it um the Braves were not performing up to that point no they they were struggling in the early part of the year uh but as you said it that you know it doesn't matter you have to be who's on the schedule I mean it like the Mets now, I mean, they had the Yankees that they beat, but, uh, you know, three against Miami that they won, and those are the games you really have to win if you want to win a division. Oh, absolutely. I'm under the uh, ideology of it's more important to win the games you're supposed to win than to beat teams that are really good at least in the regular season the regular season is more about winning the games you're supposed to win and then when it comes postseason time that's when you really step up and beat the big boys yeah 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 and uh you said before we went on that you were watching the trade stuff any last minute uh news come across so that we don't know about um i'm not sure if uh probably heard about the josh Hader thing yeah that's the biggest one and then um the Yankees picked up Scott Efrost from the Cubs, super under the radar move. Dude's under yeah. team control for years to come. And and the Braves just, I mean, the the Yankees gave up the their seventh ranked prospect. So uh solid move by the Yankees. They their setup man broke his elbow. So that was a good pickup for them. And um other than that, today has been somewhat quiet, uh, which is kind of crazy, especially considering there's only one trade done yesterday. And so um man, these next 24 hours or so are going to be bonkers. 
it's gonna be nuts tomorrow i think and tonight yeah i think yeah. it's gonna be crazy we'll have to see uh when the med game i'll have to watch and see uh you know who's not in the dugout and then <laughs> yeah who's not playing that should be playing you know that kind of thing uh check the minor leagues too because that's another indication but uh the mets and the braves do have something in common this year and it in that they both got rid of Robinson Cano. Uh, <laughs> that is you know, true. It was more expensive for us, but I, you know, I at the time I thought it was a, a great idea. It was just taking up a slot in uh, the roster, and they really needed to get rid of him. And uh, of course, the biggest fear is then he's going to catch on with another team and get red hot. But he went to the Padres. They released him. Now the uh, Braves have, I, I, I think it's the end of the line for Mr. Cano. I think so, too. I, it, it's funny because when the Mariners signed that him to that deal years ago, my first thought was, this trade or this signing makes zero sense to me. The Mariners are not good, and then they just, they're not big spenders, and then they just hinder themselves for years to come, and they can't fill out their roster. This does not make any sense. Right. And then they had to basically get rid of the best closer in Major League Baseball just to get out from under that contract. The Mets were fine with taking on that money to pull in Edwin Diaz. That trade was never for Robinson Cano. That yeah. trade that the Mets got was for, for Edwin Diaz, and he's pitching lights out. I mean, his uh, strikeout rate, he has he's able – this year he might break the record for most strikeouts for nine innings in a full season ever. He's he's pitching lights out. But, yeah, it was, it was really fun to joke around whenever – Cano got a few hits against the Mets because they're like, well, the Mets paid for that. <laughs> the Mets paid for that hit. But, you know, and, uh, I, I knew it was just going to be a stopgap anyway until Ozzy Albies came back. And um, we found out real quick that Cano is not defensively able to play defense. So they they got rid of him and uh, picked up A. Ray Adrianza from the Nationals. Terrible with the bat, but he can play six, seven different different positions, which is better than terrible with the bat and not being able to play any positions. So, <laughs> and and uh, of course, he'll fill the gap until Albies comes back, and uh, Albies is expected back by September, I believe. I mean, he's on the sixty day, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, do you think he? What are the reports? Is he look like he will be back on time or? As of right now, it looks like he is. He's able to uh, – there's been videos of him walking around without a boot and stuff like that. So, at first, it seemed bad because there's, you know, pictures and videos of him in a boot and all that. But here recently, he's been without the boot. So, that uh, shows signs of he's probably going to be back. And also, with the, the pickup of Adrianza, rather than the Braves going after someone like Brandon Drury or someone like that, kind of points to that they have faith that Ozzie Albies would come back. Because if they thought he wasn't going to come back, the way Orlando Arcee has been playing, they would have made a bigger push for someone like Brandon Jury to come in. Now, uh, the we I think everybody and their brothers looking for relief pitching. So I guess the Braves are no different. But uh, give me an idea what some of their deadline uh, trade deadline targets uh, they would like to acquire. You know, it's an interesting thing, and it really points to how important relief pitching is the Braves lead 
all of Major League Baseball in Fangraphs wins above replacement for, for relievers. So statistically speaking, they have the best relief core, but they still need relievers. You know, like relievers are such a volatile position. Um, they from top to bottom, they have the best, but their their closers are not the best. Uh, Will Smith is underperforming, which I hate to see because he graduated from my alma mater. And, you know, I obviously root for him for that reason. And um, yeah, they, there's definitely they definitely want to bring in some of the Braves have a terrible farm system, so they're not going to make a huge splash. And I'd love to see someone like uh, Jorge Lopez from the Orioles or something like that. But uh, we're probably going to be looking more at someone like Michael Fulmer from the Tigers or or Chafin or someone like that. Maybe do if they want to make a big splash, they might be able to do a uh, Ian Happ and Roberts David Robertson package to bring in an outfielder and a relief pitcher in one that could be dreaming and it might just be a Robertson type of deal but I'd love to see him come over he's established he's still pitching lights out um, so I don't think the Braves are going to go out and get like a shutdown closer or anything like that but I do think that they want to bolster their bullpen because as we all know uh, that's such a volatile position the season's long and they're already down Luke Jackson yeah they need to bring in some guys I just don't see it being something crazy splashy, just someone that is above average to kind of fill in the depth. Is the starting rotation, uh, is that set? And, uh, or do you think they would be looking in that if, uh, if uh, an offer came by? I think it's going to be one of those things where they're not desperate, but if the right deal comes along, they definitely would bring someone in because, you know, we've seen Ian Anderson pitch lights out in the postseason. But this year, everything looks bad for him. If you look just at his overlying numbers, his ERA is over five, which ERA in and of itself is not enough to evaluate a pitcher. But in his la- other than his start against Arizona, which is one of the worst offenses in the league, he's had uh, over an eight ERA in his last six starts. And his peripherals show that almost every single thing that matters is expected weighted on base average against his expected batting average against hard hit rate all that stuff is in the bottom 20 percent of the week so if he continues to pitch like he's pitching it's not that it's been bad luck he's just been pitching bad and the Braves like the Mets are in a competitive window so Ian Anderson still has three minor league options left so if they were to get someone else to add to the rotation they can either leave him on the roster and deploy a six-man rotation or five and a half is why I have to call it do a guy every other time out mm-hmm. or they could send him down and let him work on some stuff and then fill it out in the back end with uh with a rotation arm and i think that would go a long way as far as the regular season goes uh, i don't think they're going to go after someone like frankie montas or something like that uh, although that would be amazing but if they could bring in someone like uh i don't know really Mali from uh from the Reds or someone like that, that could be like a solid number three guy for, for this year and next year, then that would be great. Uh, are the odds high of it happening? Probably not. But if the right deal comes along, I think that they would pull the trigger. And of course we don't know what's going to happen right now. Everybody says the prices are too high. So you may not see some of these big deals. Uh, Soto is is available according to the Nationals, but they want you know half a farm system, and uh, I, you know you, you, 
he's a good player, but I don't know if you want to get rid of that much of your top prospects to bring in a guy like that. And as you say now, the uh, the Braves farm system is not that good now. Um, but, of course, you know, that goes in cycles. They had a good one a few years ago. They brought the guys up. They're using them. They're winning. Won a world championship, and now it's going to be down. When you're winning, you don't draft as high, so you you don't, uh, you know, get those gems all the time. But um, it, it goes in cycles. And, uh, you know, the beginning of the year when the Braves were struggling, do you think it was a bit of a, a World Series hangover? Um, that uh, they were struggling with, and uh, they've certainly uh, righted the ship since then. But do you think it was that that we hear about the hangover? I think it was a probably a combination of a lot of things. I you know that it's hard to really prove statistically that a hangover is happening, but I would say that I mean probably was part of it. Uh, Ronald Acuna was not on the team at the time. He was still dealing with his ACL injury. Mm-hmm. Matt Olson was just was adjusting to playing for a big market team, and you could see it. I mean, he's been before he played for the Braves. He was a top two defensive first baseman in all of baseball for the past three or four years, as far as uh, Saber defensive index goes, which is a combination of all the top defensive metrics. And he was super underperforming defensively. Uh, he was playing t- offensively. He was twenty percent below what he was last year, and so he was obviously adjusting to playing for Atlanta. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys that were just underperforming. Uh, Ozzy Albies was having the worst season of his career, and now he's hurt. I mean, there's a lot of things that that went wrong, but I mean, any team can really claim that. I mean, the Dodgers are doing fantastic, and they they've got ten people on the injured list. So, you know, uh, it's it's um it's it's crazy it's just why we love baseball but yeah i think a hangover had something to do with it yeah i think so too i think there is something to that i think you just they'll never admit it but i think you let up a little bit and that's really all it takes uh you mentioned matt olson he had big shoes to fill there with freddie freeman leaving um do the Braves miss Freddie Freeman's leadership at all? And do you think they'll really they'll feel his absence down the stretch here? You know, this uh, that's a really complex question. <laughs> as far <laughs> as leadership goes, uh, that's hard to say. I don't know. I feel like Dansby Swanson and Travis Darnot have kind of stepped up and taken that that role. It appears. Uh, you know, I think that's why they brought in Robinson Cano as well, just to kind of bring in some leadership. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll miss it. Uh, Freddie Freeman's playing lights out, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was the right move. It really was. Uh, it's funny because last year I'm a big uh, – I study the business side of baseball. That's what I do. And looking at it, it made more sense to go after – like when they were talking about Freddie Freeman uh, coming up, I was like, there's a good possibility – that he will not be a brave. And everyone was like, no, 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 he's coming back. And I'm like, there is a possibility. And <laughs> if there is, Matt Olson is a great person to go after. And it, and it happened. And it just makes sense because this is why I think that sure they'll miss his bat. But the thing is, is if they would have kept Freddie Freeman, they would not have the financial flexibility to fill other holes they have. If they would have signed Freddie Freeman, they would not have signed Kenley Jansen. You know, just things like that. Not to mention the flexibility that they have at the trade deadline this year. 
they would not have had. And, um, and not to mention Freddie Freeman is amazing right now. And it, it, I would not have been mad if they kept Freddie Freeman. The Braves are in a competitive window now. Um, they could have used his bat. He's, but at the end of the day, it was the right business move. Maybe not the best favorite move for the fans. It was the right move. And of course they'll miss his bat. He's, he's playing lights out this year. And I'm um, sure the Braves, the players miss him. The fans miss him. Everyone misses him, myself included. But, and I'll always be a Freddie Freeman fan, but it was the right move. And, and it, it just was. It was the right business side business side move. And Alex Anthopoulos, he doesn't do things on emotion. He does it. He's a businessman. And that's what he did. And I think that over time, we'll see that it was the right move. Yeah, I think as a fan, we get connected to a player and it's hard to see them go. And uh, But yet sometimes in the long run, you see that it all works out. And it, as you say, it works out better for the team. Well, we mentioned Ozzy Albies before, uh, but you, there's, there's a couple other injuries that are important. Uh, Adam Duval is out, and uh, it looks like, if I read correctly, he's out for the season with a wrist injury. Um, what kind of impact is that going to have on this Braves team? Well, if we're being completely honest, offensively, not much. He's uh, for his he's hit. He was hitting well below league average. Um, he, his on base percentage was below 300. Offensively, honestly, the Braves won't miss much. They could bring a replacement level player in and do just fine, just as well offensively. The Braves are still number two in the National League and run scored. But one area that they're really going to miss Adam Duvall is defense because uh, Ronald Acuna is still playing timidly from that leg in right field. Michael Harris, thank goodness for him, coming up playing center field because Eddie Rosario and uh, Marcelo Zuna are not good defenders. You know, uh, Adam Duvall is elite defensively. Last year, he was top five defensive player in the National League, not outfielder, top five defensive player in the National League last year. And when you – offense is not everything in baseball. Defense is a big part of baseball. And when you lose a defender like that, that's not only going to affect the defense. You're going to see, you know, pitchers end up giving up more runs because you got noodle on Marcelo Zuna out there in left field or Eddie Rosario, who's still recovering from an eye injury, who let's face it, is not a top of the line defender uh, league average at best. Everyone every year has been below league average defensively, not to mention neither one of them are hitting either. So it's a huge hit defensively. So I would not be surprised if you see the Braves bring in a defense first outfielder, like um, a Michael A. Taylor or something from Kansas city. And, and of course we are in, uh, we're recording this a couple of days early before the series begins. And we are waiting for the trade deadline, which is tomorrow at 6 PM. I guess my next question would be uh, to ask you who's hot, but I think, Everybody can answer that. It's that pain <laughs> in the neck. Uh, Austin Riley, <laughs> who yes. uh, feasts on the Mets pitching and is just seems to be feast on everybody's pitching lately. Oh yeah, he is locked in. I've never. I'm just to be honest. I legitimately have never seen anything like it, and no Braves fan has, uh, at least for a single month. You know, this is the All Star break month, so there's only 26 games played. 
yet he set the franchise record for most extra base hits in one month. His OPS was over 1,300, which is insane. Like, if you got someone that hits, like, over 1,000, they're in the MVP conversation every year. And he hit 1,300, you know, 30% better than that. So it's um, it was really impressive. Uh, yeah, that guy has definitely been hot. And another good thing that – another good player that's been hot that maybe people aren't talking about is Charlie Morton. He was struggling early in the year. And um, – and that really helped that he really started pitching well for the month of July because uh, the Braves offensively were not, other than Austin Riley, were not doing so great. They, were, I believe there's only three players, uh, regular starters that had an OPS over 700 on the entire roster offensively. And uh, so it really helped to have that rotation. When the Mets have a solid rotation, so that's helped. You're seeing, you know, you see the trends, like all the top teams have really good rotations. If you don't have a, a good rotation, you're not going to be successful. It doesn't matter how good your offense is. So, you know, we see that with the Angels every single year. You got Mike Trout, Shohei mm-hmm. Otani, and uh, Anthony Rendon when he was playing well. Albert Pujols, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, for the past 10 years, the Angels never – I think they made the playoffs one time and they have the best players on the planet on their team, but they never have a rotation. And right. so they, they never do anything. And so um, having a guy like Charlie Morton get hot when uh, Ian Anderson has been struggling has, has been huge for the Braves. And uh, of course, as far as the Mets goes, their rotation is going to get a little stronger. Hopefully tomorrow night we will see, the return of Jacob DeGrom, which is going to be, uh, it's going to be an event around here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. TV ratings. And you will probably see him this weekend. I would imagine uh, you uh, uh, probably see him Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday. Uh, I would imagine Scherzer would pitch on Saturday in one of the games. And uh, don't know who else, but... Uh, you probably will get to see DeGrom. So um, we are certainly glad to have him back against uh, the Braves for a big series. So, uh, And you may see Trevor May as well in the bullpen, um, though he had some shaky numbers earlier in the year. But uh, he's recovered now, so uh, hopefully he'll be back up too. So at least we'll have a full full roster going against one another except for Albies and Duval on your side but uh, your pitching will be solid and I, I don't do you have any idea what the rotation may look like for uh, the weekend well, I would imagine since they're playing uh I would, gosh I'm sure they're going to line it up to where Max Reed, Charlie Morton and Kyle Wright are going to be pitching against the Mets um if not there was some mismanagement going on there because we're going to need those three guys <laughs> pitching. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Braves pick up someone at the trade deadline and, and Ian Anderson won't be pitching against the Mets. Hopefully. We'll see. Well, we're hoping he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that the Mets misjudged that Jacob deGrom is ready because, you know, his last, I believe it was uh, last week or so, he gave up two home runs and in, in one inning against a former brave prospect drew waters was one of them actually and so i'm hoping that uh 
fingers crossed that, you know, you don't want people to be injured. I obviously I'd never want anyone to be injured, especially DeGrom because he's so good for baseball, but I'm hoping that he's not fully ramped up when he, when he plays against the Braves. (laughs) Well, he may not be, but if we can get five good innings or six out of them, at least uh, I think we'll take that now. And, and hopefully he can stay healthy, you know, down the stretch. That's the main thing now, you know, we want to get him stretched out for September. We, just got to stay where we are or stay close to the top and uh, let's make the September uh, really exciting for a change, you know, have both teams battling out. And you kind of knew it was going to come down to a battle. I mean, both teams are just too good for one to run away with it the way the Mets were at that time. Right. And not to mention, I think the Braves and Mets still have at least 12 games left against each other. Uh-huh. So it's um that's those those are the games that's really gonna go a long way uh, towards deciding who wins the division. But I believe both teams are virtual locks to make the playoffs at this point with the expanded playoffs. And mm-hmm. when you've got a rotation of Degrom and Scherzer as your top two, I mean odds weigh heavily that you're gonna make it past a wild card game if worst case scenario happens. Mm-hmm. And and Carrasco and Walker both have been pitching very well lately as well. So uh, we're just hoping everybody stays healthy. And you know what? I hope everybody stays healthy with the Braves too because this is what you want to see. You want to see an exciting uh, fight for the division, and we certainly will have one here. Uh, so, uh, Sam, any last thoughts about the uh, series coming up? And uh, – uh, tell the people where they can find out about your podcast. All right, cool. Yeah, so my last thoughts are this: these series, you know, I don't want to overhype the series because every single, I mean, every team plays 162-game season. Every single game is worth one six, 162nd of the schedule. Every win is weighted exactly the same at the end of the day. However, you got to beat the best teams in your division to be successful and um, both teams you know over the since June 1st have been playing lights out I mean uh, I want to say yeah against uh, the Braves have a 550 record against uh, teams that are over 500 and the Mets have been playing lights out against teams that are um, over 500 and below 500 both teams have excellent records since June 1st, even with uh, the Mets, you know, struggling a little bit near the beginning of it. And um, these two teams are, you know, it truly is going to, in my opinion, will be either the Dodgers, Mets, or the Braves that make it to the World Series on the National League side. And uh, yeah, I don't want, you know, Braves fans like to make fun of the Mets or whatever, the Mets collapses and all that stuff. And I just don't see that happening this year. The Mets are just so on paper. They're just so deep and they only got better. And I'm super nervous that they're going to pick up like Wilson Contreras at the deadline because, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the uh, catcher is really an obvious hole for them and they can feel it, fill it pretty easily because mm-hmm. you got Sean Murphy available. You got uh, Wilson Contreras available. You got tons of catching options available and to fill that hole. And um, this, these next few games against them, are going to be huge. I'm. I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. And I really, like I said, I hope that uh, 
I hope that the Braves continue to have success against Max Scherzer. They're one of the teams that do better against him, even though they don't do great against him because he's an amazing pitcher. But they are one of the teams that have decent success against him. And uh, Max Scherzer can't – I mean, uh, Jacob DeGrom, you can't say the same thing. So I'm just hoping he's not ramped up yet, get a little bit lucky. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I'm going to be watching every second of it because it's going to be such a big series coming up. But uh, you can find my podcast, you know, wherever you get your podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, whatever. It's Braves Dugout. You can search for it on Google or whatever. I also write for uh, Fan Sided and uh, Tomahawk Take as well and Morning Shift Media. So if you want to look up any of those online, you can find some of the stuff I write. Uh, for Fan Sided, I write for MLB. So, in fact, I actually just wrote an article about who the Mets should target at the deadline if you – a few weeks ago and if you want to check that out um I'm a, I'm a baseball fan first and a Braves fan second so I like to keep my stuff as uh unbiased as possible because I like helping people understand the game that's what my podcast is all about I'm not my podcast is not hey look how good the Braves are blah 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 it's this is how it is folks you know let's break it down try to figure out what's going on and I I, I just love being able to help educate people and that sounds like a pretentious thing to say but it's really not like I've spent so many hours researching over the years years and years of research and um, I've fell more in love with the game the more I understand statistics and how the business side goes and Mm -hmm. I would and I think I feel like it's just my way to give back to the baseball community to be like I've spent all this time doing this let me share it with you and um, I, you know, we can always talk smack and everything like that. But at the end of the day, we're all here because we love Major League Baseball. And um, I, lo- I just want to help people understand the why. Why does this happen? Why does that happen? Why would the Braves make this move? Why don't they spend this money? Uh, why are they starting this player over that player and things like that? And, you know, that's what it's about is let's let's dig in and let's figure out the why. Sounds good to me, and, uh, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, we love our teams, but we love the game even more, and uh, it is it can be complex at times, but if you take the time to look, I always say that people should read about the history of the game as well. I, I love the history of the game. Uh, I love the 20s and the 30s, and, and even before that, some of the – 1900s, uh, you know, reading about those characters that played the game. So, uh, and, and you do learn a lot about the game by doing the research and learning about it. But it was so great to have you on today. Thank you so much for coming on to uh, Mets Musings. And I hope we can do this again. Absolutely. I really appreciate you having me. And it's really fun to always talk to someone that it talks about other teams, you know, and especially the Mets. It's funny. I just interviewed another Mets fan the other day and it it really is a lot of fun to hear outside perspective because sometimes you get stuck in this like tunnel vision of your team your team your team that you cover and so you don't really have any idea how other fan bases feel about your team and and vice versa so it's really fun to to talk to uh, especially someone that talks about the Mets. Well, and it's great to have you on as well for the same reason. I like to get a other opinion in and people say, well, why do you want somebody from the different team in? 
Because I want to hear a different voice. I want to hear what they're saying, you know, uh, about their team instead of me just blabbering on for uh, <laughs> half an hour. So, right. Uh, thank you, Sam, again for coming on. Like I said, we'll do it again. And I will be back right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Check out my Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash Mets Musings. Go check it out. And don't forget to call the hotline. It's 516-619-6341. Okay, and we are back and uh, got the wrong camera. Oh, that's not a bad view, though. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sam Peebles of uh, Braves Dugout. Big series coming up. Trevor May is back. Jacob DeGrom is back. Uh, Michael Givens and Darren Ruff, who we traded for, are here. Uh, Givens got a little beat up yesterday but that's okay uh hopefully he'll find his niche and uh, perform better uh so it's gonna be braves and mets this weekend five big games mets holding a three and a half game lead <sighs> gonna be tough gonna be tough gotta take four out of five three out of five at a minimum so we will see how it all shakes out. And I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast, this week's podcast. And uh, please hit like and subscribe no matter where you listen or watch the podcast, be it YouTube, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Hit the subscribe button so you'll always know when another edition of Mets Musings coming out. So, until next time, remember, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings.